Hi, we're Chelsea and Michael. And this is the Coffee with Creators podcast. Think of it as hanging out with your buddies as we chat about content creation, social media, and life in general as creatives. So grab your favorite drink and welcome to our scrappy little podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to yet again another episode of Coffee with Creators. How are you, Michael? I'm good, Chelsea. I'm practicing my professional voice right now. Oh, okay. That's nice. 20, what are we on? 23 episodes? You're just now getting into the professionalism? I like that. Uh, yeah, I figured that it's about time that I actually make some effort into trying to sound professional, semi-professional. Yeah. I mean, just earlier, I was asking our, our special guest how we do the, uh, like how we sync up the audio. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is kind of what we do. We just snap our fingers. And he's like, oh, no, that's just kind of what we do in the, uh, I guess, in the professional world, the, the, in the industry that he's in. So yeah. it kind of made me feel a little bit better. But yeah. Okay. I have to try to put my professional hat on today because we have a very special guest and I'm, you know, super excited. And I'm sure a lot of people who are watching this right now or, or who are looking forward to this episode feel the same way. Absolutely. And I think so. By the amount of emails that were sent in to be on the the Zoom with us. So I think mm-hmm. he's definitely uh, Mr. Popular today, which is good. I know. Matt from Envision. Sorry, I guess you're going to have to uh, take a step back from being the uh, the resident hot girl. So we have a new- been replaced. <laughs> yeah, we, you've been sure. replaced <laughs> very so, promptly. So before we dive in too much with our special guest today, I just want to remind everyone that we have a special episode that we recorded yesterday and it is currently live now on wherever you listen to podcasts. And that is where we sat down with our friend Yi from Some Products. So if you haven't listened to that, go check that out. I'm very excited to introduce our guest today, and I'm not going to try to botch this up, so I'm going to let him tell his, uh, do his little intro, but our guest today is going to be Landon, is Landon, by the way, and if you guys follow the um, the channel, like Full-Time Filmmakers on YouTube, they are crazy, crazy good, and I- Crazy I, talented, for crazy sure. Crazy talented. I can't even- I'm still not sure what, how we got him on this podcast, to be honest with you, Chelsea. So Me either. <laughs> but Landon, either. welcome. Thank you for joining us here today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no, I mean, don't, uh, don't overthink it. I, I, I wanted to be on this podcast. I was telling Michael before we started, I've had a few requests to be on podcasts, and this is the only one I've genuinely just wanted to be on because I love you guys. So That's awesome. So Thank thanks you. for having me. Yeah, Thank you. that's super cool. Yeah. So, um, Landon, would you would you kindly tell the the uh, ladies and gentlemen a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah. So, um, I mean, my name is Landon, by the way. That's that is my real name. Um, people often wonder if it's a stage name. That is my last name, by the way. Uh, I so I make I make content for. Um, well, let's see. Where does where to start? Um, I do freelance work on the side occasionally. I don't do as much now. Right now I'm focused more on full-time filmmaker, which is an online film school. Um, and let's see, I don't know that that pretty much just takes over my entire life is just making tutorials and teaching people how to create awesome videos. So that is uh, essentially my role and my job right now. Yeah, if you guys follow his- super cool. It's super cool. If you guys follow his Instagram, um, it's gonna be at LandonBTW. Uh, you'll see that that's a good indication of, or I'd say that's a good sum, summary of what Landon does. Like it, it's a lot of uh, behind the sure. scenes, mm-hmm. but at the same time, he teaches you, he shows you how it's done, like the techniques, the uh, 
the all all that just that really really good stuff that I can't even talk about, and I'm not going to try to. So I'm <laughs> just going to leave that there. But Landon, I, I went to film school, and I can't talk about it that great. So. <laughs> <laughs> we should have taken full time filmmaker. There I you know. go. I don't think you guys are around. I mean, maybe you were. I don't know. No, probably not. <laughs> we're pretty. <laughs> it's kind of awesome though, right? Like how it's more. I guess like information such as this, like uh, like skills that you can you can learn and techniques and all that stuff. You can you can literally learn them from the comfort of your own home, and that's I think that's just like a really cool um, I guess time. It's it's a really cool time to be alive. Oh, for sure. It's probably affordable. You're probably not in a ton of debt when you're finished with the course. Oh, 100 <laughs> percent. No, yeah. not not even close. Actually, I mean the the goal is that. I mean, we teach the philosophy of, you know, investing in yourself, and this is kind of one of those investments that may be a good step if you want to go into filmmaking, kind of invest in your education, um, and, you know, it's, it's just a one-time, you know, payment, you're in, you're in the course, and you get you get access to that course for life, and then all new content, and then anything else is just, like, gear that you're buying, and ideally, you know, you're making all that money back with gigs, and you're creating a career for yourself, so that's kind of the, uh, the pro of, of going, you know, the online route, I think, so. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that. Um, so I have to ask, one of my first questions is, um, how has your journey been as a filmmaker? Did you go to film school or are you just self-taught or did you have friends that kind of, How? what does your journey look like? Um, so I am I'm self-taught. I never went to film school. Um, and I, I think unless you want to make like Hollywood movies or you want to work on a film set, you know, in a big studio, I really don't think you need to go to film school. I think a lot of people overthink that. So. Personally, I didn't do that. Um, all self-taught, YouTube University, I guess you could mm-hmm. call it. Um, but no, my, my journey, I, I think, I mean, I started in high school, started making videos in high school. I come from a, from a family of artists. Uh, my mom's an artist. She does pretty much every medium you can imagine. So she's, she's a great you know, pencil artist, uh, painter, whatever, pastels, all that good stuff. Pretty much everyone in my family and then I was there suddenly, and I had nothing. Like I tried drawing, and I was just so bad at drawing. And then I found I found videos, and that was basically just a way for me to kind of express myself creatively. Um, and that's yeah, that's essentially you know where where it all stemmed from is me wanting to kind of prove myself in the creative world. You know, I'm sorry. That's awesome. I'm starting to see a lot of people or hear a lot of people's stories that are very similar in the sense that they're self-taught and it's inspiring for me to to hear that because I myself, I'm a self-taught graphic designer, never went to school for it, but it just proves that if you're interested enough in something or maybe even just passionate about something that there's really nothing that can stop you from, from furthering that skill or that, you know, achieving that goal that you have. So that's 100%. a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think if I you're, that. if you have enough passion, if you're, if it's something that you really want to do, you'll do everything in your power to, you know, succeed in that thing. So absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, which, cool. which brings us to um, my next question, which is you're obviously passionate about what you do, but you know, with the time, I mean, nowadays everything is kind of done in lightning speed. And honestly, Landon, I can't even imagine how you guys do it. Editing. I'm editing, <laughs> editing a very simple video. And it's taken me like three three days already, and that's not even including the shooting part, that not not writing the scripts. So, in today's super fast-paced world, it's lightning speed. Do you find yourself um, sacrificing a little bit of your quality 
just so you can get stuff out of the door or did you find like a good pace for yourself like what's your what's your process that's such a good question because yeah i i do think i mean for example i just put out a video on youtube um let's see wednesday and i the <laughs> the idea for that video came wednesday of last week i scripted that video on thursday of last or sorry i scripted that video on the same day and then i filmed it the next day and i filmed more b-roll friday and saturday and then i edited it and on wednesday i posted it so one week turnaround time for a like a nine minute YouTube video, like a pretty, pretty in-depth, pretty not in-depth, but you know, just like concise and you know, that we're giving 10 tips for shooting in low light. That was the name of the video. Mm -hmm. um, and, and yeah, I mean, the, it would be nice to kind of slow down and like really, really focus on a piece of, you know, a piece of work that I'm passionate about. Um, but at the same time, like the way, the way that I operate, the way that the business I work with operates is the faster we can put out content, specifically on YouTube, the more sales are generated, basically. So it's like you have to find you have to find a happy medium um, where you know it's high quality. We're we're staying consistent. We're not like lowering the quality of content that we're putting out on our channel, um, but it's but it's happening consistently enough that people are coming back and they're familiarizing themselves with or themselves with our brand. You know so. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely a happy medium when it comes okay, to that. Okay, yeah. So it's it's one of those things probably that you just figure out as you go along, right? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. And I think, I mean, it probably doesn't take as much time as you might think as well, because especially once you once you do you know twenty YouTube videos and they're all kind of structured the same, you can knock one out pretty quickly. It's not too difficult. Okay. So I don't know. I, I get that, but I I have to say though that the last video that you shared, I think not video, but on your Instagram. I think it was in your stories, the, the timeline that you shared. Oh, um, the, the campfire made, one? Or? Made, I, I, don't remember, I don't remember, but there was so many lines on that timeline, like so many oh. layers, <laughs> that it made yeah. me very dizzy just looking at it. And it give, gave me anxiety, basically. Just <laughs> like, oh my God, look at this. This is crazy. I mean, I'm working on one, and I'm freaking out already, and I saw yours. Well, but I have a confession, actually, because, yeah, sometimes the timelines are a little messy, but sometimes I also purposely make them a little messy <laughs> to kind of to make them look just like cooler, I guess. Right, like yeah. people are like, "What are all the colors for?" And I'm just I'm just literally selecting clips and then I'm hitting all the the hotkeys on my keyboard to make them different colors. <laughs> just for kicks. all part of the creative process. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think well, that. Yeah, it's so fun. I do too. I was gonna say I definitely feel better that it takes you a week from start to finish on a YouTube video because it, it literally takes me like two or three weeks. So oh, well, I go. feel better. I feel better that I'm not the only one that it kind of, I feel like that's a pretty normal timeline though. Like if you're doing everything, you know, you're writing the script, you're filming, you're editing, and then you're releasing. I feel like a week is probably right on, on yeah. point for that's a nine pretty, minute YouTube video. Yeah, That's so, pretty accurate among other things that you're doing. Bad. Yeah, no, I mean, you're Absolutely. two to three weeks in, you know, a couple months. You'll be down to a week, I think, too. So you're okay. on your way. That's good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so my next question was, have you always had a passion for filmmaking? And is it, or is it, was it something that you grew into as an, as an adult? But I think you mentioned that you kind of realized that you had a passion for filmmaking when you were a teenager, correct? Correct, yeah. So, um, I, yeah, I got introduced to, you know, video creation in high school. My buddy, who was... The, he was the audio visual officer of our high school, like a student body position. 
And so he made all the hype videos and just, I don't know, all the videos that the school would see um, for mm-hmm. events and whatnot. And I kind of got mentored by him. I, I mean, like, <laughs> for back in the day when I looked at his stuff, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is like Hollywood. And then we both looked back and we're like, yeah, it wasn't that great. But at the time, <laughs> at the time, I was like, wow. Um, and I don't know. I just uh, I saw what he was doing. And, I, you know, going back, I, I wanted to find a creative way to express myself. But... I also, I don't know, I, I liked the idea, and it's going to sound super, like, almost narcissistic. I liked the idea of, like, showing my work to a, to a large audience, you know, because I'd never had that before. And so that was, that was super exciting to me. Um, and so I, I kind of got mentored, you know, quote-unquote, by him, and I got my start. And then uh, I ran to be that same position, audiovisual officer, when I, when I was in my senior year. He was a year above me. And I, and I got the position, and then, you know, that's where it sprouted, basically, from there. So That's awesome. I, yeah, I kind, of, I kind of had to, I had to develop that passion, I think. Yeah, same for me. I haven't always had a passion for, I've always had a passion for photography, but filmmaking is something that came later in life. So I was just curious if that was just something that was always, like, ingrained in you, something you always kind of had a passion for. So yeah, a good thank you for, for yeah. answering. Um, I have another question. It doesn't really go with the question that I just asked, but have you ever met anyone famous through your, your career? Besides YouTube? <laughs> besides YouTube famous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like no. real famous. <laughs> <laughs> well, YouTube, I met besides you too, like Chelsea and Michael. Oh, oh my YouTube God. YouTube as well, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, not, not this bunch right here. <laughs> you're so scrappy. But thank you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> of course. No, um... Uh, well, yeah, to be honest, like really only, only like YouTubers. I mean, okay. and, and that, and I don't know, I don't, I don't care. I'm not one to be like, oh my gosh, like it's, it's Brad Pitt. You know, I could care less to be completely honest. Yeah. He's just, he's just a yeah. person in my eyes. So absolutely. But it is, a, that is a valid and big question, but no, I have not. <laughs> okay. The, it- the two people that I would completely just like lose my mind over meeting would be either Taylor Swift or Charlize Theron. So I just had to, I had to ask like if you had met anyone oh, that you like just yeah. fanboyed out over. Valid, valid question, but no, not really. Okay. Gotcha. So, so Landon, uh, this question wasn't even uh, planned, but I, I remember you and I were messaging a few days ago and we were talking about um, all the YouTube hate. Mm-hmm. And yeah. You know, that brought into question, like, a lot of, like, a lot of people were, were asking me. They were saying, um, they weren't actually asking. They were basically sharing that one of the struggles that they've had with starting their YouTube channel or anything in general is because of that, that hate. And, you know, it, it hits on our insecurities and our, it's, to me, it's really a mind game, right? Like, these are random people who will just throw anything at you. And the problem is your mind starts to put the pieces together. And then you start to feel like you are not uh, valuable, that you, what you're offering is, is wrong maybe, or, or just not, it just doesn't feel good. So how do you battle like these insecurities? I know you have a method and that can be a valid method, but I wanted to hear it from you. Um, yeah, I well, yeah. My my method is <laughs> my method is to not read them. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because well, here here's the thing, and I, 
it's it's obviously something that I can learn to cope with, or maybe not even cope. That's it's not even that intense. Just learn to like understand better. Um, but yeah, like you know, you'll get a thousand amazing comments on a video or whatever you post, and then you'll get one negative one. And uh, most of the time, I don't see the negative ones, because like I said, I, I just don't really browse and look through them. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I do, to be honest, when when someone is commenting something negative, they're probably in a worse place than you are, you know, themselves. Yeah. And Absolutely. and you don't see like you usually don't see the professionals or the people who are just extremely talented taking the time to create negative comments on your post. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And so it's like if if they're gonna if they're gonna do that, then they're probably they probably have no room to talk, to be completely honest. And right. usually that's that's what gives me closure is like, yeah, like, all right, fair point, but um, I don't know. You're you're not quite to the level where you can be, like, judging, you know, yeah. in, in my just, opinion, you know. Yeah. So. I think it was you who told me that um, these are the people who don't even have profile pictures on their yeah. accounts when they're, when they're commenting mm-hmm. because they, they have nothing, you know, to um, – they're, yeah, it's it's just a random name, a random face. So there there's mm-hmm. no they don't have to try to save their reputation if if anything, right? Exactly. So I completely resonate with what you just said. Like these people who who try to bring you down, are I'm a hundred percent sure that they're in a worse place than you because I don't yeah. know any single person who is doing well, who's gonna go look at people who are doing you know, uh, in a, in a lesser state or maybe in a in a not as good state as you as them and start talking down on them right like mm-hmm. most of the time they just lift them up and so these people yeah. that would hate on you are basically I, I honestly think i imagine them to be my 12 year old nephew <laughs> every single time i read them i'm like oh yeah i'm talking to my nephew so i just like try to reply <laughs> but i like that though because um it's yeah. become a very legitimate question in the last few days for me because a lot of people have been asking me like how why do you why do you comment back on these haters why do you say and that to me that's just my way of coping with it it's just, it's just like okay you want to sound ridiculous then okay let's try to play it around with you know we'll, we'll see how you really sound like I, I try to draw out that real personality out of them they might be mm-hmm. trolling but as a matter of fact i i feel like i'm the one trolling them but <laughs> your method is probably the smart way of doing it because i i figured that in the beginning i said that it's more of a mind game and i think it really is the truth because no matter what we do people are going to there's some people are not going to like what we do yeah, we, whether yeah whether we're we're focusing that work towards them or not it's it's just it's just the nature of things it's just actually i, I think that's why the world is so great because there's so much um diversity in that sense right that people have different tastes but yeah. if we spend time to and listen to every single one of them we are going to get into our heads and become upset so i think your method of just not reading the comments is Actually, a good method. I, sh- I should probably do that. <laughs> it's taking too much of my time now. <laughs> I need I need yeah. to do that as well. I've had several people recently say, like, their favorite thing to tell me is that I'm copying someone, and I, it's I'm always copying some man who is doing things I guess better than me. And I'm like, I just need to stop reading them because it's infuriating me. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. someone said I was copying two people that I had never even heard of on YouTube. I'm like, okay, cool story, bro. Thanks. <laughs> you know, like, That's I just have to stop reading them. It's such yeah. a good point. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's it's sad, but yeah, it's, I mean, sometimes you read it and it just kind of almost ruins your day, and you just can't stop thinking about it. And it's so mm-hmm. stupid. You're like, I don't even know this person. Like, why do I even care? But yeah. some, for some reason, you do care. So. Yeah, you yeah. do. I think that's just 
us. That's just being human. And yeah. I think that's a beautiful trait, like for you to actually care of what other people say. But if it gets you to, to a point where it, you know, it affects you so much, then maybe mm -hmm. don't read the comments, right? Like you're, you're doing the right thing. <laughs> um, so Landon, I know I've, I've been following you for a while. I've seen all your, the content that you put out. And to me, you are a full-time filmmaker. See what I did there? But um, yeah. <laughs> you know what Good I mean? <laughs> but my question is, who does Landon aspire to be? Like, what is your, what's the thing that really drives you? Um, I think, I mean, if you asked me this question five years ago, it'd be different than what I answer right now. But I think right now, who I aspire to be is just kind of the best, like, provider I can be for my family, you know? Um, like, I, I love, I love making videos and like, and that's a huge part of my life and it probably will be for a while. But you know, if, if uh, all the cameras in the world, you know, burned up and I couldn't hold a camera again, I would, I would find something else to do as long as I could provide, you know. So, yeah, who I aspire to be is just someone who can kind of create that, that financial freedom and, and provide the best for my family. So, Love that. Yeah, absolutely that's an love awesome that. answer. Yeah, <laughs> I can't, I, I'm not going to add anything more because I absolutely okay. love that. Yeah. yeah, I have nothing. I have nothing to add. To I, I rehearsed that in the mirror this morning. So. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I, I mean, you spot on. <laughs> well, so Landon, here's a fun question for you. Uh, you mentioned that if all the cameras burned in the world, um, let's, let's put this, um, this little scenario. Um, if you wake up in the world where you have to start all over again, you know, but knowing what you do right now, Mm -hmm. What's that single piece of gear, aside from your phone, that you'll pick up first to start all over again? Uh, are we still living in a world where all the cameras have burned up? <laughs> uh, okay, fine. Let's put, some, let's put the cameras back in. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, a phone, yeah, a phone, yeah. Um, probably a computer or camera. So probably the most basic answers, honestly. But with those two things, I feel like I could create a new brands from scratch or create something new mm -hmm. right away. So yeah, that, that's such a good question. But, um, and even if I didn't have that, I feel, I feel like with, with like the knowledge that I've been able to gain, I think with a lot of people, once you've been in, you know, an industry and you've learned so many things over the years, you can start from scratch pretty decently, you know, and make yeah. something for yourself. So yeah. The, yeah. the reason why I asked this question, honestly, is because I wanted to see how you would approach it because I feel like in today's world, people get too caught up with, with the gear. You know, mm -hmm. I need this gear. I need this the computer. I'm, you probably got, you've gotten probably the same thing, but I get yeah. DMs all the time where people would say, can you send me a computer? Can you send me a phone? Can you oh, send me yeah. something because I can't start my, my business or anything like that? And in my head, it's just, it's just like, you know, is that really the reason nowadays? Like why we can't do whatever that you know we want to do is because we don't have that particular piece of gear but what you said was just really good because you were more you were coming more from a experience uh, perspective right like you know that you can learn new things regardless yeah. of what gear that you have so 100%, I love that. yeah 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 thank I, you I, I like what you said I think uh, I think having gear is great I mean you know if you have a $50,000 red camera and you're just starting out good for you you're gonna have a little bit of a head start but you really don't need it you know it's all about your um, you know, your passion and your desire to succeed um, and I think we're very consumer oriented these days and mm -hmm. we think that we need stuff to be successful you know I'll see I'll see some new products on your desk and I'm like dang I need I need that keyboard if I'm gonna <laughs> if I'm gonna Sorry. be a good typist you know no, just kidding. Um, so no I just and that's the world we live in and you know that's fine but I think you gotta just make sure you're you're focusing on the right thing which is 
you know, your knowledge and your education. So right, love that. For sure. Yeah, I know. That was another great answer. Um, I definitely went through that as well. Like when I first started, I was like, I can't create because I don't have a camera, you know, like all Mm -hmm. of those excuses that you go through to not just start, you know? So I I think everyone has a point in their um, career if they're whatever, whatever it is that they're doing. I think everyone goes through that. So yeah, Yeah. agreed for sure. So, Landon, I think we have a couple of questions that we have, to go, we have to go through rather quickly because a lot of people sent in a lot of questions, <laughs> and you're very popular, so, so there's no um, no surprise there, I guess. So I think we can start off, uh, right, Chelsea? We can start yeah. asking your questions? Okay. So somewhat, I guess it's uh, Let's Make Some Creative. They asked, uh, what is your real name? But you already addressed that. It's Landon, by the way. Yes. So we can skip. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so the next question is for four Pankajbisht. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but you know who you are. How did you start your career? Which we also just addressed. So we're mm-hmm. going to skip through that. Oh, we're going through the questions pretty quickly, Chelsea. I think we're, we're I actually, know. I think we'll manage <laughs> this today. Yeah. Well, if you, if you want, I feel like that might be oriented towards like, how did I start making money? You know, because how I started oh, filmmaking okay. and how I started a career is, is kind of different. Okay. Um, I mean, to be fair, to answer their question, so they get something. Yeah, go for it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, how I started my career is I, you know, once I had my camera, I got a loan first of all from my camera, from my parents, um, and I just I contacted um, some of my friends who own businesses, and I offered to make them either a free video or like a pretty cheap video promoting their business, and then from there I just kind of networked and it, it snowballed from there. So. I get that's that question a, a lot. It's like I feel like it's it's a hard it's a hard thing to like grasp when you're first starting out because it takes a lot of guts to like go in and it's it's kind of a risk too. You don't know if you're going to get any return, you know, on the time you're spending. So, but yeah, that's that's how I started and I think that's the best way to start. So, Absolutely. That's Very a great, good point. A I'm, learning, I'm learning a lot from Landon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we knew we would. I know. Obviously. <laughs> Very good point. Um, yeah. So Kyle Estenide. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, how how did you get over your fear of success or fear of failure if that was an obstacle for you? Um, hmm. It's such a, yeah, I'm trying to think. I feel like I've, I feel like I've always had like a pretty high level of like confidence. Like I've never... I don't know if I've ever like thought that I couldn't do something. That sounds so weird to like say out loud, but like I really like I don't think I've ever thought of it in that way, you know. Um, like if there's something I want to pursue and try out, I'll just I'll go for it. I don't really look back. And if it if it flops, it flops, and I'll move on to the next idea because I have a million. Mm-hmm. So it's a great quality to have. I get. I, yeah, <laughs> I don't I know. I do not have that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's I don't know. That's my philosophy. Is like. Just, just try it out. And if, I mean, we live in a world where it's, it's so easy to start something, to try something out. You know, um, you don't, you don't need. If you want to start a new side hustle, you don't need venture capitalists. You don't need all this stuff. I mean, it depends on what it is, but most of the time you don't. And you can really just, it's, it's just an investment of time. You know, mm-hmm. and if anything, if anything does fail or flop, you know, I, I try to look at it as just a learning experience. You know, because no matter, even if, even if you're not making a ton of money or the business doesn't pan out you've learned so much just from that one experience. So Absolutely. I actually, 
there mind, I started I started a production. I you can use quotes right here. I'm doing air quotes for the podcast listeners. <laughs> I started a production company, quote unquote, in high school with some of my buddies, and we had like one client. I don't. It was it was an awful company, horribly structured. Just spent tons of money just getting it going, um, and honestly awful. And I and I was I shut down the business. It was only there for like a year, year and a half. I shut down the business after that. And then still a year after I shut it down, I was still getting bills from like the IRS for like oh stuff we hadn't paid. So, and, and that was my, I went, so I was in college. I only went to college for a year and then I dropped out. But I look back at that experience and that I see that as like my business school basically. Yes. And just my, my test run where there was very minimal consequences, you know, to, mm-hmm. you know, if it, if, it, if it panned out or if it didn't. So I think just, just seeing things in a, in the light of, you know, this, this actually taught me something um, that's going to make your failures not seem like failures. So. Yeah, I think, yeah. Uh, I think from, from listening to that, to me, it's, it's really just, you just need a little bit of courage. Mm-hmm. And that's what Landon did, at least from, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I got from his story. And it, it really did teach him a lot more than I think any school would be able to teach you. Just oh, yeah. that experience alone is just, you, you know, for sure, you're not going to, you're most likely not going to go through that again because you've, you've <laughs> learned a couple of things. And, you know, you don't read that from books. You, you, don't, you don't see that. I mean, you, you have to experience that. So I think a little bit of courage can really pay dividends in the long run. So thank you for sharing that. Oh, yeah, for that's sure. Awesome. If, you just, if you just take that leap and just, you know, just do it, just mm-hmm. start doing it. I think, I think that's all of the... I mean, that will give you enough life lessons for sure to right. keep going. Yeah. yeah. That's a great answer again, Landon. Awesome. <laughs> okay, so this one is from Jay Visions, and they ask, what's something that you can recommend for a beginner videographer to do? I, I, I tell this to everyone who asks for advice to come and is like, hey, I'm starting in the video. They have any advice. But the number one thing I tell them to do is read the book, Steal Like an Artist. I don't know if you guys have seen that book have you read that book I, I have not read that book but it's in my it's in my it's basically basically a picture book so I mean it's mm-hmm. a pretty easy read mm-hmm. um, but I, I always I tell them like just get that book Kindle or order it whatever you want to do um, because it, it'll basically like it'll break you free from comparing yourself to other creators um, it'll kind of it kind of eliminate those preconceived notions that you have of content creation and um, it, I don't know, it just it, it really just opens your mind and helps you focus on what's really important and your goals instead of comparing yourself to, you know, the next guy and how he's making his videos, what his videos look like. So, right. Yeah. I'm ordering that okay. book today. I know. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. thinking that same thing. Like, okay, I need to write that down. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, yeah. great. And it, it's not just for videographers; it's for any creative, you know, medium. So, highly recommend it. Awesome. That's awesome. So, Zachary Salter asks how did you land bigger clients and then p.s he says this man's work is so freaking good and his baby is very cute (laughs) (laughs) super cute that's sweet um let's see so yeah how to land bigger clients um i think the biggest thing is just constantly be networking with people um because there's there's so many videographers out in the world and you know how, how are you gonna kind of differentiate yourself and the best way to do it is just to network and be an individual and be a person, you know. And and not all the time. It kind of depends on how you want to operate your business. But for me, that's what I've found is networking as an individual. Um, I think another great way to 
to get bigger clients is to do spec ads. So basically you take a product that you have or that already exists and then you make a video of that product without telling the brand, you know, just to kind of get some experience under your belt. Um, and then you can show that, you know, ad to the world and they can see kind of what work, um, the level of work that you're capable of. So those are a couple of pretty good ways, I think, to, to get bigger clients. Okay. Yeah, that's exactly what I did in the product photography realm and kind of like through Instagram to kind of network with other large companies is I mm -hmm. photographed some products that I already had, started tagging them and kind of things just started to snowball. Yeah. So it's definitely yeah. solid advice. <laughs> a little yeah. bit of old school, right? And old school doesn't really hurt that much. I mean, you know what I mean? Like it's, you know, do something cool and then advertise it or show, show it. Yeah. But yeah. again, the key is you have to do something. <laughs> you can't just sit there, right? Yeah. Exactly. You have to yeah. do it. You have to yeah. start. <laughs> All right. So Daily Setup Tech asks, what are the top three things you always keep in mind when shooting a video? <clears throat> so, yeah, the top three things I think about is who is going to be watching this video, first of all, so I know who I'm targeting with the video. Uh, where's the video going to be seen? You know, if, are they watching on YouTube or Instagram or Facebook? You gotta make sure you're, you know, in the right um, aspect ratio. You gotta make sure it's the right duration, etc. And then the third one is, what is the video supposed to do? You know, is it is it an informational video? Is it a documentary? Is it a, a promotional video to drive sales? So those are like the top three questions I always think of. Just to, okay. I kind of I check them off my list actually to make sure that okay. we're hitting everything. So. Very good. Yeah, great answer. Of course. Of course it's a great answer. <laughs> of course. Um, <laughs> Loom, Loom Tech, uh, how does he find places to visit and shoot? Uh, I, I mean, honestly, just word of mouth. And, you know, I'll go on Instagram and I'll see a cool, a cool photo. And I'm like, oh, I got to go there. Like, that looks pretty sweet. Obviously, lately, I was talking to Michael about this earlier, we haven't, I haven't been traveling at all this year, really. But yeah, in the past, it was definitely through Instagram. So what about you guys, though? How do you guys find places to see? Yeah, I used to do the same thing, especially when I lived in Hawaii. I was, you know, following all of the, like, Hawaii places to visit or, you know, all of those Instagram pages. And I would just look at their geotag and be like, okay, I'm going. And then oh, we'd just yeah. go there and take yeah. photos. But here, same, I've not been able to travel and get out. So we moved to Georgia. Um, I, guess, I mean, we've almost been here a year, but it was pretty much, I've not been able to get out and see anything. So there could be pretty places around me to photograph. I just don't know yet. <laughs> so. Yeah. I used to drive around a lot and I used, used to just look for places where there's just no, no one there. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't mm -hmm. like going to like popular places just because it's hard to photograph when there's a lot of people, right? So um, yeah. that's why Zion is one of my favorite places. It, and I, I've been there twice and I always go, I've always gone during the winter because no one goes there during the winter and it's completely empty. <laughs> and just yeah. the, the mix of the white snow on top of the red rocks, mm. they just look amazing. And that's just very inspiring to me. So I usually just, I start with uh, what's around me. You know, I, I go to like a, a, a newly developed area in, in my town, for example, and try to see if there's a cool spot there, which I actually did find. There's like an area where it almost looks like I'm in uh, the, the French. Um, I don't know. It's just it just looks really nice. And the Alps? It, after, yeah, oh, it's it, it, it just like after, after like yeah. a, a few months, like it's they bulldoze that that place like completely uh, gone. So I'm like, oh, at least I managed to, uh, to see it. 
uh, <laughs> during its uh, the glory days, I guess. But yeah, I just kind of drive around. Yeah. That's smart, oh, yeah. is it my next question? Oh yeah, it is it my is, next. Yes. Okay, so this one is by Luke. You know, I'm not going to read that, but <laughs> I can't read it. So they ask, what should someone just what should someone just getting into videography be filming? So what should they be filming if they're just starting off? Literally, just film everything. That's what I say, because I feel like, um, yeah, I shot I shot weddings for like two years. I didn't do like an insane amount of weddings, but most of my clients were wedding clients. I did that for two years, and I didn't really venture out into other, you know, side um, like categories, other categories of filmmaking. Um, and then one day, one of my buddies from high school contacted me, who has a supplement company. He's like, "Hey, can you make a video, like a fitness video?" And at first I was like, no, like I only do weddings, you know? And then mm-hmm. I finally, it was, it was like two weeks later, and then I'm like, you know what, why am I like limiting myself? And so I, I contacted him and we set it up. And then after I did that fitness shoot, I was like, holy cow, I'm never doing a wedding again. This was so oh, much better than a wedding. That's interesting, okay. So, that is interesting. So that's that's why you gotta just shoot everything because you, you never know like what category is gonna pique your interest, is gonna be most right. exciting for you. And weddings were just getting really boring, um, and so and then fitness turned out to be super fun, and I, I wish I could do that for the rest of my life. So that's yeah. awesome. awesome. I wasn't expecting um, you Me to say neither. that you weren't gonna go back to wedding film uh, <laughs> filmmaking. So that that's cool. I I like that answer. Um, our next question is, I'm just gonna probably skip the name, but the last name <laughs> I think is Gonzalez. Gonzalez. Yeah. Uh, what would be the first lens I should buy for content creating and videography currently using an A6400? Um, I get this question like so often. Um, I bet. And it's, it's so funny because they're like, what's the best lens for making videos? And I'm like, that is such a broad question. I'm like, what are you shooting? And what so, can you afford? <laughs> yeah. And so... Um, what I usually answer, because this, this usually encompasses most you know, mediums in filmmaking or, or even photography, I usually recommend like a 24 to 70 millimeter, like an f2.8, um, or like a 15 or 16 to 35 millimeter, because those are just very, they're, they're very solid focal lengths that you can use across a wide variety of things. Mm-hmm. And you'll probably, if you buy that, you'll probably keep that lens forever because it has so many uses. So. Yeah, it's true. The 16 to 35 was the second lens I bought and I still have it and I still use it quite often. Yep. There yeah. you go. So uh, the next question is by Parker Terfer Films. <laughs> so I apologize, guys. Uh, Chelsea and I are trying to skip some of the names, not because we don't want to read them, but they're driving me crazy. <laughs> I know. They're not, some of them are not real world words, but anyway, so they ask, <laughs> How to market? How do you market yourself as a video creator? Um, so the, I mean, you definitely need to brand yourself. You guys are really good at branding yourself, obviously. Um, you create great brands for yourself. I've I've been trying to do that as well. Um, and I think um, for me, I mean, yeah. What what's worked for me? Once again, branding myself as an individual, because I think we live in we live in such a well connected world where someone or a company or an individual, whoever is contacting you to do a video or, you know, uh, contract you out freelance-wise, they want to talk to you on a personal level. They want to know who you are. Um, and I feel like, you know, um, they don't really want to contact creative, creative eye films, you know, they want to contact 
uh, Chelsea Horn or Landon BTW. They want to like know who you are personally. So um, I think branding yourself as an individual and you know also showing like the process of making these videos, the behind the scenes, um, that's been really successful for me is just showing how I'm putting stuff together. Because when I first started, I was just putting out the final videos and I was putting like one video out on Instagram a month because that's all I could produce fast enough. This was a few years ago. But once I started documenting the behind the scenes and just showing how it's made, people are so interested in how it's made. I think people are more interested in the behind the scenes of how things are done than the actual final product, which is hilarious. Yeah. So yeah, that- Yeah, it's and, so true though. Yeah, so that's, what I, that's kind of what I focus on more is people would just rather see you shooting and they'd rather see your timeline. And you know, um, that's how I've kind of branded myself as a video creator, so. You know, that's yeah. really interesting that you said that because it's now making me think. And the only reason I'm saying that is because I've always, I'm still wondering to this day why people started following my account when I was just sharing a picture of my desk, right? Because you have a and, sexy desk, Michael. It's that simple. Right. Thank you. But it's to I me, don't it's think just, Michael will ever realize that his desk I looks really good. Because no, <laughs> yeah. I see it every day, you know, and it's just yeah. like the thing that really makes it funny to me. And, you know, Landon touched on this is I'm a graphic designer. That's how I was marketing myself when I started on Instagram, but no one was interested in that aspect. But when I started to share the workspace that I worked in as a graphic designer, you're right, Landon, people seem to be more interested in seeing the process behind it. Like, okay, so you're a graphic designer, but what is your process? Where do you work? What do you do? What do you use? You know, mm -hmm. and that is a very interesting trait. And maybe because it, going back to your point, maybe because it connects you, it connects you more to your audience because they, they start to relate to you in, in a very human level, right? Oh, yeah. as a person too. So that's a very good answer, like branding yourself as an actual person, an individual. I think that's really, I honestly think that's that's the best step that anyone can do to sell themselves. Their, their, sure. their work, yeah. Yeah. I was a product photographer and I would share my, or not a product, I was landscape photographer first and I would share my landscape photos. Nobody gave two shits about those. They were like, <laughs> mm. even though they were, I thought they were really good, like they didn't care. But when I started showing, you know, my office and when I would show my desk and everything, that's when people, that's when I started to get followers and people really started to relate with me. So mm -hmm. yeah, great yeah. insight there. <laughs> Very good insight. <laughs> All right. From Calvin, we have, what has kept you motivated throughout your career? Um, yeah, I think, well, I kind of touched on this a little bit as well, but just kind of providing for my family is probably what motivates me the most. You know, if, if you don't, and, and that's just me, you know, if you're not at that stage in your life, um, it might be something else. I think you have to establish the why, you know, the, the reason that you do things, what's motivating you to get up in the morning, you know. Um, for me, that's my family. It's just being able to provide for them, the, you know, the best life I can for them. That's what keeps me going. That's what keeps me motivated. So um, I think, I mean, Personally, I, I, I'm sure, I'm sure Michael, I'm sure you, Chelsea, too. I'm sure not an hour goes by where you don't think for at least a couple seconds about how you're able to provide, you know, or yeah, yeah. create create a great life for your family. Um, yeah. So const constantly having that in the back of your mind is definitely kept me motivated. So that's Once definitely again. the reason why I do everything that I do. Yeah, yeah. me too. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's a lot of people's like push 
Because I wouldn't be doing any of this it was, if it wasn't for my kids. I probably would have taken a completely different path. So mm-hmm. it's cool. That's yeah. the beauty of parenthood. It's, um, right. It gives you a, a deeper meaning for what mm-hmm. you do, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just, oh, I want to look cool, you know, or I want a nice <laughs> car. You know, I'm still struggling with the first one, by the way. But it's, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's You have a bigger goal in the back of your head that's really pushing you. And that can be an entirely different topic. But th- I love that answer. Again, I'm not going to try to add any more to that because <laughs> I, no, I love please it. Please awesome. expand on that or expand <laughs> on that. Whatever you want to add, go for it. I, I think you said it perfectly. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, the next question is from Ashley. And she asks, what's one way you re- rekindle creativity when you feel like you're in a dry season? Um, I mean, I, I'd say try and do something for yourself, you know, do a passion project um, of some sort to just kind of rekindle that creativity. Because if you, especially if you're a freelancer, uh, you know, you're, you're doing all this freelance work and you're kind of being bossed around and you might be creating something that you think is perfect and then the client comes back to you, they're like, no, make these changes. You're like, oh, okay. And you just have to do it because you're getting paid. Um, but when you do something for yourself, you set that standard, you know, and you can, you can actually kind of rekindle that level of creativity. Um, so I know kind of a cliche answer, but that's what I recommend. I think that's uh, as cliche as that may sound. I honestly think that's the only way. Because, I do too. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. I always say that too, like do something that you love and mm-hmm. then you'll, you'll revisit whatever it is that you're working on and you'll feel yeah. a lot better. Yeah. It starts within, right? Yeah. For sure. All right. So we have uh, Nico and they ask, how did you get your first customer? We kind of touched on that earlier. Yeah, I just, yeah, just contacted friends who had small businesses and offered to uh, do videos for them. Yeah, there you go. All right, so Fade to Nada says, what do you make the most money from? Videos for clients or salary from full-time filmmaker? Um, that's so, a little invasive, I guess. I know, I was thinking that's a little personal, <laughs> but well, yeah. if you I, want to skip, you can. <laughs> I actually I actually added that on purpose. That was something that someone asked me because oh, really? okay. because oh, I get a lot of perfect. I get a lot of questions about that. And I'm, I'm not gonna disclose you know finances. That's you know, mm-hmm. but but it is it is a very valid question, you know, because I'm teaching video creation, I'm teaching how to be a full time filmmaker, and then here I am and I'm only doing a few, you know, freelance videos, but I'm, I'm most of the my income is from teaching it, you know. So I think it, I think it's a very valid question that should be answered at some point. Um, but based for uh, for FTF, a full time filmmaker, um, I'm not on salary. I'm actually on like a like a commission, basically. So the more work I put in, the more content I put out, it's reflected, you know, um, in sales and you know how much people, how many people are joining the course, um, and and so right now and for the past, you know, probably year. Definitely, a majority of my income comes from full-time filmmaking. Comes from teaching, um, you know, and then occasionally I'll get the little freelance gig here and there. Um, but that's yeah, usually FTF. So, wow, great awesome. answer! Thank you for addressing that. And yeah, yeah. that was great. That's, yeah, that's I feel like good. I feel like finances are only they're only tacky if you make them tacky and if you're like bragging about it, you know. But I yeah, I don't point. I'm not I'm not bragging. There's nothing to brag about really. That's just like the reality of it and that's how it works. So and I think to to kind of piggyback off that too, you know, I think it's important to have multiple revenue sources. And for me, freelance is one, full time filmmaker is another, some of the other side hustles I have going on are other um, revenue sources. And I think as a video creator, especially during COVID, you know, if you were just making videos and you had all these clients, 
and that was your only source of income, once COVID hit, pretty much all your clients just dropped off the face of the earth. And if yeah. you didn't, if you didn't have anything else set up, you know, you're kind of you're going down the toilet. You didn't have anything else to do, so you're you had to figure something else out. Um, so I'm not I'm not shy when it comes to talking about, you know, how I how I make my living because I think it's important to have just different different ways to create that revenue for yourself. So. I love that. Again, yeah. I love all of Landon's questions. I mean, answers. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So- Spencer, uh, Spencer Ryan asks, how did you get this spinning laptop on the table shot? <laughs> I know what that shot is. That's so awesome. Uh, that, was cool. that was with fishing string. Um, so I, it was, yeah, it's kind of weird. It's, it's actually very difficult to, um, uh, what fish, I guess. Yeah. Fish the fishing string through the laptop hinge. Um, okay. but, but yeah, we, we had to just stick it through and tie it up and then we had like a, like a light stand with a horizontal mount just right above the okay. table. So it just, and then we just kind of flick it and it would spin a bunch. So there's a, there's a full video on YouTube if you want to see the behind the scenes too. Okay. <laughs> That's a crazy yeah. video. It's awesome. Yes, Thanks. Spencer, you'll have to, ch- you'll have to check that behind the scenes video out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we have a string of questions from Lisa and Lisa, we love Lisa. She is um, uh, also a content creator. She's kind of on a, um, I don't, I don't know what, how to, to say it, but she's... She's kind of she, taking a step back, yeah. figuring out where, where she wants to go with her branding and yeah. her career, pretty but much. But she's so. super active with, with the, uh, the podcast. And we appreciate it, Lisa. We love your questions. We love... Because yeah. she messaged me. She's like, maybe I should stop asking too many questions. I'm like, no, we love it. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> when we first got started, like most of our questions were from Lisa, yeah. which was great. Yeah. So, yeah, no, we love her. Awesome. Okay, so... First question from Lisa is, I love the small head statue that you have on your table. Does it have any special meaning for you? <laughs> I read this question last night with my wife and we were just dying. We thought it was so funny. <laughs> because, just because we went, we went to the grocery store once and we saw it and we're like, oh, we should get some concrete for, uh, for the house, you know? And so we just bought it. There's literally no meaning behind it. <laughs> we just we just wanted a, a little bit of concrete aesthetic in our home. So yeah, that was the first so first funny. step. It's just an not Easter Island has, head. So okay. not everything has yeah. to have a meaning. There you go. Exactly. So true. I have yeah. so many things at my house that have no meaning and they're just pointless, but we like them. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. All right, Lisa also asks, um, "Your house is on fire." What are three the three items you save by grabbing them with you? I already know your son, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. My wife, my son, yeah. and probably my hard drives would be the three things I grab. I almost replaced hard drives with fridge, but I, I figured the hard drives are more fun. I can buy more let's, food. <laughs> let's, uh, can, let's, yeah. let's move the, uh, the, your son and wife out of the equation because I think that's a given. So if yeah. you were to grab just three items, <sighs> like actual items, what would it be? I knew you were going to do this, Michael. I knew you were going to think of something I would have just let you go. I would let you go with your son and wife. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, hard drives, probably my cameras, just because I don't want to have to replace those. Hard drives is, is a given because I can't replace the data on those, but I could you know, eventually get new cameras. I'll say cameras anyway, so I can fill one of those slots because I can't think of anything else. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, man. Oh, jeez. I knew you were gonna do this. I'm not prepared. Uh, can I go back scroll. to my? Can I go to my fridge again? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Grab your fridge. Okay, uh, we'll do fridge. <laughs> Don't feel bad, Landon, because I'm gonna share a really funny story. So 
uh, Nicole just reminded me during the uh, the early 2000s or was it mid 2000s Nicole during the really crazy fires here in San Diego um, we were basically evacuating the house that we were living in at that time and I was not at home when the evacuation order, order was given but Nicole and my other cousins were there and they were asking what should we grab from your room and oh, the man. only thing the uh, only thing I asked him to grab was were, uh, my, my collection of Transformers. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and at that, time, toys, you guys. at that time, I really felt like that was not a silly answer at all. Because I'm like, I didn't even skip a beat. Just grab my toys. Actually, I, grab called, my them, toys. Yeah, I called them my friends. They like, grab my friends. And they're like, are you serious? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so don't feel bad about the fridge. You got I, priorities, Michael. That's I've got priorities. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, you had a real life fire situation. Mine's just hypothetical, but you actually <laughs> had, to, you had to think about it. <laughs> it's, it's funny, the, the, the things that, like the, the real pressures of, of life uh, draws like the most, I don't know, silly things out of you, I guess. Um, so the next, oh, we still have one question from Lisa and she asks, your office is pretty dark. Do you find it cozy or do you, do you do some, do you sometimes get gloomy because of it? Um, it's actually, it's not as dark as it actually looks, to be honest. I mean, I'm in, <laughs> I live in a basement apartment. Soon I, I won't be, we'll have our house and I'll have more natural light. But right now there's literally no windows in here. So it's like extra mm -hmm. dark. Um, but I have this huge key light right here. Usually it's right behind the desk. So I mean, when I have like all the all the lighting for videos on, it's actually pretty bright. Um, and then in photos, it looks extra gloomy because I actually I usually darken the background a little bit just so it looks more moody. So yeah, if you're if you're in here in person, you'll you'll realize you're like, oh, okay, it's actually not too bad. But, I do the same yeah. thing with my office. I want that moody vibe, so I darken the mm -hmm. photos a little bit. Yeah. 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 Added effect. <laughs> I like I like the dark and gloomy. I think it's just like perfect when you're kind of just stuck in a room and you're working like I'd rather have it like dark and gloomy because I feel if it was bright and happy I would want to be doing other things rather than working it yeah. Oh, much yeah. Yeah. yeah when you see that couch you'll be like mm, that couch looks comfortable yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right that is all from Lisa so we're going moving on to a question from anchor.films worst mistake ever made filmmaking <laughs> Oh my gosh. I, one time when I was filming weddings, I caught the bride's veil on fire. Oh, with, oh shoot. Right? I was not expecting that. I know. I'm pretty, it's pretty embarrassing and humiliating actually, but we were, um, we were filming a first look video out on, by the Great Salt Lake. First look is when the groom sees the bride for the first time in her wedding dress. Um, and I thought it would be just this a great idea to have smoke bombs for this setting because it's it's just this it's this wide open area just it's really like you know tans and whites and grays and just looks really cool um, and I'm like let's get some contrast in there and so we brought some smoke bombs and uh, they I had them do a shot where they were running with it um, and they were each holding one and they were running and it looked really cool but she uh, oh you know it was it was right before that shot she had it in her hand and she brought her hand up. To like fix her hair or something, oh, no. or like fix her veil, and a spark came up and just caught her whole veil on fire. Oh, and it, it didn't like it didn't like burn like a flame really. It just like <laughs> blackened it and like sizzled it, and you could just tell it like 
Yeah, it was, it was awful. Oh, I felt no. so bad. So bad. Well, that, to be I fair, bet. Landon, that wasn't really your fault. She put her hand up there. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's what I tell myself to make myself feel better. <laughs> that's what I would say, like, too. Yeah, she's the one that fixed her hair, so come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're just getting all, all, all defensive. You're like, you did it. Why did yeah. you do that? <laughs> no, it was just, it was so stressful. So stressful. Oh, but, God, I bet. Yeah, I know yeah, not to do smoke bombs now, so. That's, that's, that's crazy. That's Lesson crazy. learned. Yeah. Okay, so this one is from Sue for Kato. Kato, what do you think is the future for filmmaking? This is an interesting question. I haven't really, like, I had to really think about it when I first read it. I was like, how? I don't know. I don't. I feel like the content creation that we do um, probably won't change a ton. To be honest, I think it's going to stay relatively the same. Um, but. You know, when you say filmmaking, that could be like feature-length films, and in that case, it does make me wonder if like feature-length films, if eventually, you know, because right now it's, it's primarily Hollywood studios that are in theaters, makes you wonder if, you know, a lot of like smaller studios or smaller creators, more specifically, will have the opportunity to, you know, actually put their work in theaters. I don't know, it, just, it, makes, you, it makes you think, I don't know what that looks like, but I, I don't know, I feel like that could be a possibility. Mm. Yeah, I answer. mean, it very well yeah. could be, mm-hmm. for sure. So we, our next question is from Five in Between, which is Rich. And mm-hmm. he says, oftentimes artists are known for their creative work that is well-received by the public, but not necessarily a personal favorite of their own. Does this apply to you as well? And if so, would you love, would you love to shoot work slash public opinion aside? What would, what would you love? um so i mean yeah it's a good question i think what i kind of explained earlier my priority is is providing basically and so and i love i love having filmmaking as a creative outlet but most of the time i'm pretty happy just being able to provide and i also really love teaching um so i've never like i've never really thought about that like man i wish i could do this instead because i i really enjoy teaching, you know, doing tutorials and showing people how to do things. But if if I couldn't do that anymore and I was just going to do something that I was passionate about and I really wanted to do, like all everything else set aside, I'd probably travel just a bit more and kind of make epic videos just for, for myself and like friends and family basically to check out. So yeah, it's, it's such I'd a, that's such a deep that big question. The vlog. <laughs> I would love to watch that vlog. Just knowing the quality right. of videos that you turn out, I'm like, right. yeah, I'm going to watch that for sure. <laughs> It's It'd be awesome. like a feature film vlog. Yeah, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe. I love that. Yeah, maybe when I retire, I'll, I'll travel a bit more and I'll make a vlog for you, Michael. There you go. Oh, there you go, Michael. <laughs> so excited. Um, okay, so Landon, this is uh, actually the, the last question that we have that's not that we want to kind of like talk about. But um, this one is really good. It's from the Jason Garcia. And mm-hmm. I don't think I like this question because I don't think it really necessarily necessarily pertains to your skill your the gear or techniques or whatever but his question is what is the best advice you have gotten personally um i i get i get that question too sometimes like what's what's the best advice you've gotten and like i can't when i think about it i'm like i can't remember anyone like 
you know, looking at me like, hey, come over here, you know, and then they whisper in my ear and give me advice, you know. So it's like, <laughs> we're talking so that's like, not how it happens. That's okay. not how it happened. I think <laughs> that's how I always picture it. And I'm like, I've never gotten advice that way. I think it's just from, I think it's just from analyzing and seeing what other people are doing. You kind of create your own advice from Correct, yeah. their workflow and their uh, work ethic. Um, but yeah, okay. The best advice that I've gotten personally is like, basically like there's no, there's no ceiling to like what you can make in a financial sense. Basically, there's no there's no limit because I grew up in in a we weren't we weren't poor but we definitely weren't rich like lower middle class I guess maybe not even that household where in my mind growing up I and you know up until the, the age of like 19 20 I thought like 60k a year salary was basically the the end game like that was it um, and that was the final destination and then you know once once I started surrounding myself with other people who had obviously exceeded that and who just had higher goals set for themselves, that's when I was able to kind of break free of that mindset. Um, and that, that honestly has helped me the most because if you, if, you cap, if, you, if you set a cap for yourself, let's say 60K, you're only gonna do a certain amount of work so that you hit that 60K milestone. You probably won't exceed it because you're just gonna be satisfied with that 60K. But if you just erase that ceiling completely, you're going to work so much harder because you don't, there's no limit. You know, you're going to keep going and keep going. And yeah, I don't know if you're just going to skyrocket. So absolutely love that, that answer. <laughs> and that resonates with me so much just because in the last few years after I, I mean, the last recent, the, yeah, in the last few years since I started this Instagram, I was in that mindset, Landon. I was in that, that whole, oh, maybe, uh, you know, if I make this amount of money in a year, I'll be happy and it'll be fine. And you're right. I was just trying to achieve that, thinking that that's all it is. You know, that's all there is. And I was just talking to Nicole this morning about my manager, my old manager from my from this previous job. And when when he told me that um, he it was basically after my my review. And then he said he said that I needed to do more work if I if I wanted to get a, a, you know a better raise. They gave me a raise. It was like 15 cents. It was ridiculous. <laughs> and but instead of kind of like encouraging me, he he went on the offense, I guess. He was like he was like, Oh, you know, it's because you were doing this, you were doing that, you need to do more work. But I was explaining to him that there's there's physic it's physically impossible for me to do more work. There was there's just not enough time. Mm -hmm. And he understood this, but from a company standpoint, that was kind of like just their way of saying you should be grateful, right? Yeah. So I said, Okay, I get it. And but the thing that really stuck with me was when he told me and he literally said this, he said you know, Michael, no one is ever going to pay you more than what we're paying you right now. And he said, you're, this is the most that you're ever going to make in your career. <laughs> and I'm like, why, why, why would you say that? Right. That, that really hurt me. Yeah. But at the same time, it lit a fire like, un, you know, it's it, from within. And it's just like the, I think the, the following week I turned in my my resignation. Good for and you. I said, yeah. yeah. And that's that's at that point. I said, you know what? Um, I'm not going to use that excuse. I'm not going to put myself I'm mean, not going to give myself a ceiling and so what I did mm -hmm. instead was from that point on I put a ridiculous number as my goal like ridiculous like to the point where I'm also kind of laughing We're like wait a minute like is that possible but you're what you just said is is correct like it is possible the yeah. only thing that's limiting you is your own your your own mind your own your own um, belief that you're only worth this much so I love that answer 
Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> Thanks for expanding Thanks, on guys. that. Even so, so, in, so insightful. <laughs> I know. That's awesome. You guys are too nice. <laughs> okay. So we finished all of our questions that we kind of wanted to, you know, talk about rather than just having you answer them. But our next kind of, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Round? Skit, I guess. Round. I don't know. Um, <laughs> we're going to call it the speed round. And it's okay. questions that were also sent in by our listeners. And so basically just the first thought that pops into your mind is what we're looking for so yeah so it's, it's going to be a speed round we don't necessarily have to read whoever sent the questions we're yeah. just going to ask it like bam 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 just answer as quickly as Perfect. you can first thing yeah. that pops in your head yeah you yeah. ready yeah. all right so first question how many years does it take to become a filmmaker uh zero i think you can start making videos right away <laughs> there you go who inspires you the most um probably parker walbeck just a, he's just a great all-around dude and then jacob owens another filmmaker both extremely hard workers so both of them i followed too they're awesome yeah, me too <laughs> <laughs> they are what is the weirdest thought you had while trying to create a film uh, lifeline i don't know who's uh weir weirdest <laughs> i have no idea which <laughs> What would you say that getting into filmmaking can, would you say that getting into filmmaking can be very expensive? Um, I only think it can be expensive if you're not very good at managing the business side of things. If you're doing it as a hobby, it's going to be very expensive. If you're doing it as a career, you're going to make a lot of money. So. Gotcha. What would be the one tip that you would give to someone who's just starting in video? Um, kind of along the same lines with the Steal Like an Artist book, is just don't don't compare yourself to others. Um, and I don't know. They, I mean, you can you can look at their work and, and see how they're doing stuff, but don't compare yourself to them in a negative way, because it's going to kind of distract you from your goals, and it's it's not even a competition to be honest. So there's no point. <laughs> awesome. In terms of video making, what would you always love to shoot and make money from? I would love to do fitness stuff. For a while, I think for this stuff is so fun. Okay. Yeah. What are your thoughts about iOS 14? Honestly, I really like it. I had the beta for a few months, um, and I've really enjoyed it. Uh, it is it is still a touch buggy in certain areas, but overall, big fan. Yeah, I, I do like it too. I love it. <laughs> uh, what would what would be your favorite lens for tech shots? Uh, probably the RF 35 millimeter macro. You can get, Ooh, I love that. You can get really yeah. close and get like details on like your keyboard, or you can get still pretty wide shots if you need it to. So, I love that lens. It's one of my favorite right yeah. now, actually. All right, how long does it take you to get your hair? About about thirty seconds, actually. I knew it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. What is the truck that you look at and kind of wished you bought? The truck I look at and wish I bought instead of my truck, or I guess, <laughs> uh, probably a Raptor, a Ford Raptor. Okay. Those are nice. Those yeah. are very nice. I'm yeah. not even a truck guy. Too. Yeah. I know my husband's not a truck guy, but he likes the Raptor. I'm like, what would you even do with that thing? He's like, I don't know, just sit in the garage. You know? like, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing about that car. It's it's almost pointless to be honest with you because there oh, are a lot more capable, yeah, capable yeah. trucks out there. But this one, it's just cool. Like it's that. pretty dope. Yeah. Big fan. Um, if you can ch only choose one object to, to be shot by your camera, what would it be? Uh, myself. So I can keep making tutorials. <laughs> there you go. 
That's awesome. a good answer. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite camera of all time? Um, probably the One DX Mark II. There's just there's something about it. There's just like this beefy, great camera. So. I had that camera too. I actually sold it though. Uh, yeah. That's not the Bummer. one that you dropped, right, Chelsea? Is that the one Do that what? you lost? Is that, is that the one that you lost in the in the sea? In the ocean? No, in the no, ocean. no, no. That was an 80D that <laughs> oh, I okay, yeah, that, oh, thank that fell off a cliff. Oh yeah, God, I would probably have just jumped off the cliff myself if the Mark II would have fell in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last question. Naked and afraid style. One thing you would bring on a deserted island aside from a knife and or a fire starter. What does naked and afraid style mean? <laughs> yeah, have, have, are you familiar with naked. the show? And you're afraid. So Wait, Naked and Afraid is, a, is a, a show in the Discovery Channel, I think. And in, oh. it's basically, you are literally naked in a deserted area. And you are with only allowed to bring... With a person you don't know. Yes, with a person wow. you don't know. And you're only allowed to bring one thing. It's either just one thing, basically. <laughs> it can be sounds, a knife. It can be Sounds humiliating. Cup, whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah, because it's on national television. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, I mean, besides food. Uh, probably like a computer with internet connection. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I'll take that answer. I love that. That's a good one. <laughs> well, Landon, you survived the lightning round. Uh, round. Good job. That was goodness. fun. I, that was actually fun. And, you know, we also, I just wanted to say thank you again. You went through so many questions. It's kind of crazy because at, at some you point it great. started to feel like we were just interrogating you I, right? I felt I bad didn't feel that way I wanted you guys to talk more but I had to answer the question so try I to know, squeeze it in it's, it's okay well that, that gives us another reason to invite you back and then maybe oh, we can absolutely. chat a little bit more casually next time please so, yes sign me up yeah that'll be awesome but you know we we don't want to go over the time and Chelsea and I are trying to be as professional as we can <laughs> so so we're we're probably just going to end though. the interview here. But again, Landon, the door is always open for you. If you um if you have some time in the future, I know you're really busy, especially being a parent, a teacher, a <laughs> filmmaker, so many other things that are very inspiring to look at and to to listen to your story and just listen your to your take on things. You know, like your insight. It's very inspiring, especially for me. So we oh, appreciate yeah. you um, finding the time to be here. And yeah, just let us know. We are just ask Nicole. Actually, we're gonna bug Nick. We're gonna tell Nicole to keep bugging you, and then maybe one of these days you'll find a slot again in your in your busy calendar, and then you'll come back, and we'll have a little bit more. I'll welcome it. I would love yeah. to. I appreciate awesome. you guys. Thanks for having me on. Of course. But before we end, though, we would like to. Um, why don't you tell the ladies and gentlemen where they can find you, or if there's something that you would like to to promote, or yeah, feel free, the floor is yours. Yeah, I mean. Um, I mean, Instagram is probably my main social platform, so just follow me on Instagram if you're interested, at LandonBTW. Um, and then uh, the, uh, the online film school I'm a part of is Full-Time Filmmaker, at Full-Time Filmmaker. So if you're interested in filmmaking, if you're interested in desk setups, just learning how to create better content, uh, a lot of good uh, you know, educational information and content on those pages. So check it out. Guys, I can, I can attest to that. You should definitely Such be checking those stuff. out. Yes, 100%. <laughs> I will say Thanks, that again, 100%. <laughs> yeah, their YouTube channel is the reason why I went with the Rhino slider. Oh. For sure. Good choice. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's a very good I mean, choice. It's, 
It's probably the reason why I bought a lot of things that I currently own, <laughs> even if I didn't need them. You guys make them look so good. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to buy it. Screw it. <laughs> it's <go>. working. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely working. Good to hear. All right, guys, that wraps up our episode with Landon. Make sure you check him out on his Instagram and YouTube. And while you're on the internet, don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts if that's where you listen to and rate us because it really helps. And I think that's all. Thanks once again for ha uh, hanging out with your coffee and pizza crew. Until next time, this is Chelsea. And this is Michael. Signing, Signing off. off. Bye. Bye.